0: Welcome to Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast, where we explore marketing trends and technology, gaining insider knowledge from the industry's best. Fiorge is proud to present Mind Your Own Marketing Business with host, Joe Barsness. Thanks for joining us on the Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast. I'm Joe Barsness from web and software development team, Fiorge. And today on our show, we'll be talking with Sarah Schlafly from Mighty Cricket. Welcome to the show, Sarah.
1: Thanks for having me, Joe.
0: All right. so. Um, you know, first off, I, your your organization is called the Mighty Cricket. Give us the ten thousand foot view of what Mighty Cricket is and does.
1: Oh, we're all about sustainable sustainable proteins that are going to bring us into the future of food. So we're talking about cricket protein, uh, mushroom protein, and all things that um, we're going to be eating here in the next ten years as our population explodes.
0: Got it. Well, with a name like that, I got to get that right out of the way. But um, I do want to kind of take that, take it back and learn a little bit more about you, Sarah. So would love to hear a little bit about your background and what made you get, how did you find this industry or did this industry find you?
1: Oh, the industry definitely found me. um, I spent the past 10 years in the food industry, just in a variety of positions. So I was really passionate about Uh, nutrition and malnutrition. So I became a cooking instructor, teaching people how to eat and cook healthy foods. Um, And from there I saw a need for access, access to clean protein that we really don't have today. Um, We have a whole grocery store full of meats and proteins and a lot of it is really harmful for us. And so it was pissing me off. And I was trying to find a better solution that is going to be, you know, highly affordable and accessible to people. And in all things, I found it in bugs, which really turned me off to begin with. Um, I discovered, you know, that that 2 billion people across 80% of the world's countries consume insects as a regular part of their diet. I thought that was really fascinating. So I dug into the why of that. Why is it so common and yet here in the US we turn our nose up at that or don't even recognize it as food. And um, what I discovered was that insects can be a really powerful source of protein and other essential nutrients. Um, I became really passionate about it. I still didn't wanna eat a bug. But the more I delved into it, the more excited I became about the potential it has. And I realized that, you know, we just are born with these ideas of what food is and what food should be. Um, And we turn our nose up naturally at foods that are uncommon to us in our culture we're scared to try new things you know kids are always scared to try new foods and adults are like try it you'll like it (laughs) but then as adults you know we're scared to try new foods ourselves so um i realized that through my cooking classes like if i just manipulated the ingredient in a way that looked familiar and looked appealing and smelled good people would actually taste it and try it and then discover that they really like it. And so I was like, you know, I could probably do this with bugs too. I could probably manipulate bugs in a way that's going to be appealing to me and therefore appealing to the rest of the American population. So that's what I set out to do.
0: Got it. And so, you know, of course my curiosity is going on this a little bit. So can you tell us, um, where you have started in terms of like providing this as a protein source? Are you supplying this to other people making food? Are you making bars or something out of it? Or what does the end up end product kind of end up being that somebody might be consuming already today?
1: I started with a powdered cricket, Um, did not want to eat a whole bug when I started my journey. So I sourced some crickets from a cricket farm, milled it into a powder. And then I took that powder and started blending it into foods until it was undetected. So it's just this like added protein that you don't really see or taste or feel in other foods. And so I was working with cereal recipes and um, the first one that I landed on that seemed like a viable, a minimum viable product was an oatmeal um fairly easy to blend in small scales and so that enabled me to test out the products in the market and now we have three oatmeal flavor flavors we have a chocolate protein powder supplement and vanilla and then we do have some consumers who just buy the pure cricket powder and they add it into their own recipes
0: got it well that's really cool um so uh I'm guessing through this journey that you've been on, you've had an opportunity to have some enlightening experiences in terms of acceptance or, or anything like that. But what what's the one what of the cool things that you've gotten to do because you're in this kind of in, infancy of this this type of protein powder, at least in the in the United States?
1: The cool thing that. Um... I've been able to do is get people to open their minds to things that they would have otherwise never considered. And as soon as you take that step into like opening your mind with your definition of food, you start to apply it to other, um, other things in your life. And so it's like, you know, I. Took this leap of faith with eating trying this cricket product what are some other things i can try that i didn't realize that i would have liked if i had never tried it so kind of um taking people along a journey of expanding their minds has resulted in um people doing adventurous things and taking risks that they would have never otherwise taken
0: awesome Yeah, no, that's super cool that you get to kind of educate, share and then, you know, hopefully watch its, 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 you know, acceptance grow over time. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I know you
1: go ahead. ahead. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You see people um, in this, this journey, you know, they start and are totally turned off by the idea. They hear about the nutritional benefits and how it's good for the planet. And so they're they're like interested, but they are so hesitant to try it, like I was. And then they they get over that fear, they try it. Um, maybe are like still a little bit mentally grossed out, but their mouth, but their taste buds are saying that it's good. And then um, you know they have Americans then have conquered this fear and. It's just that first step into applying it to other aspects of their life.
0: Got it, yeah, no, that's so great. Um, one more question about the product before I talk a little bit. This is Mind Drone Marketing Business, so we're gonna talk about marketing, of course, but um, uh, tell me about the, the cricket farm. I, I understand that you take crickets and you make it into a powder, but how are, how how does cricket farming work to get it to where you can grow these bugs and repeat the process like where does it happen how does it happen um, and and how is it more sustainable than other sources
1: well a cricket farm looks like um, a warehouse whether it's a small shed or a giant warehouse full of crickets and there are a few different ways to contain the crickets but a common method is to have shelving units and um, rows of bins where the crickets are partitioned out into their different life cycle, their different stages of life. Um, The cool thing about cricket farming is that it requires um, 1,200 times less water than almonds pound for pound of protein. Uh, And it also emits 100 times fewer carbon greenhouse gases than beef does for every pound of protein. So it really requires a fraction of resources. And it also can be done in an urban setting, which makes it um, a very resilient supply of protein for cities. We saw in the pandemic that with the supply chain disruptions, our supermarket shelves were emptied out of fresh meat because people were buying it up and stocking it up. And yet on the farms, Um, pigs were being euthanized and chicken or um, dairy was being dumped on the farms just because it's so hard to change a very large um, supply chain that's very uh, set in its ways and not set up to be agile or these type of disruptions. And we're going to have more in the future with climate change. There's going to be more transportation disruptions and other supply chain issues. Um, But having a hyper-local source of food breaks down a lot of these barriers because, you know, with a shorter distance that's traveling, it just um, reduces a lot of friction in the supply chain.
0: Got it. Oh, I love it. And thanks for sharing a little bit about how the – how the, the uh, I guess I would say the comment would be how the sausage is made, but it's how the crickets are made um, in yeah. this scenario. So that's such a cool thing and and amazing that you got into this. But now we're talking about, I wanna change and talk a little bit about your business. So, uh, you know, how did it, How like what was your decision like I'm doing this and like how did you start?
1: Oh. Um. I started very hesitantly I would say I just started by sourcing some powder and um, mixing things up in my kitchen trying different recipes not really with the idea with the intention of creating a business but more just um, trying it out for myself and sampling it with the community, because I really didn't think the idea was viable. I thought it would be very difficult to get people to try bugs. And what I realized was that, yes, it's the industry still in its infancy and still in the education phase of the life cycle. But with a little bit of education, um, about one in two Americans are willing to try bugs. And that's a pretty high number, already 50%. So that means in the next 10 years, as um, Gen Z ages into like the buying um, age of the market, that number is just going to continue to grow because Gen Z is very passionate about climate and actually doing things, making personal changes that will help the climate. Got it. Um, So when I discovered that the product was naturally viral and memorable, That's when I really became excited because I um formerly I had a job as a digital marketer for national food brand and having a naturally viral product is just so great for marketing. (laughs) And what that means is that people um you know the product is inherently inherently makes people want to share it with other people. So that's what I mean by viral. And it's also memorable, you know, it sticks in people's brains. Um, a lot of people remember the brand name Mighty Cricket, or they remember it something cricket and they Google, you know, Cricket St. Louis and the Mighty Cricket comes up. So those two key points was what really made me decide to build a business around it. Um, because I would go to some networking events and I'd sample and then the next time I'd show up, people who I hadn't even ever met would come up to me because their friend had shared their experience with them. And so I thought, hmm, I think I can build a business out of this um, with the very little capital that I have because of these natural properties in the product.
0: Sure. So, yeah, I mean, you definitely have a little bit of of power just naturally behind that, it's oh, you know, I saw this thing that you can eat crickets now, and it's really great for you, and it's all of that. You know, I think there is, um, you know, that naturally viral aspect of this, especially in its infancy, right? As as things get more and more common, they might not happen, and definitely the name is as well. Um, but it, you know, beyond that, you probably have have needed to do more marketing awareness and growth in your brand and your as your industry grows. What things have been successful and, and what things have not been so successful?
1: The easy sale is, um, you know, having having the product on hand for people to sample and then they try it and they realize they like it and then they buy it. Um, but most of our strategy has been not in stores or um, like b2b but we're mostly selling direct to consumer online just because um, selling in retail is very expensive and you have to have um, a lot of you know you have to have a lot of things set up and have a big marketing budget to support um, the spurt the sales velocity in those retail shelves and so mostly larger companies um, will get into retail so to start, we could easily do direct to consumer online. But the tricky part of that is that people don't have the opportunity to sample. So we do offer a 100% guarantee. If people don't like the product, they can get a full refund and not even pay for shipping either way. Um, And so we use that to reduce, to lower the risk of people trying the product. And I think that's been very successful. I think we've only had two people request a money back one was because their doctor said that um, they their special needs they they just couldn't um, consume that diet and the other person um, had like an adverse reaction to monk fruit which is our um, flavoring of choice or a sweetener of choice Um, so I think that's worked very well Um, a hard part has been just building out our funnels to make sure that they convert at the cost per acquisition that we need. Um, we're still working on it, you know, still working on optimizing those campaigns, and that's been about a year-long journey to like continually optimize it and get word messaging down that um, works. So those are challenges. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, we've had so many challenges, but a lot of them have been supply chain issues because of COVID. Sure. So on the marketing side, um, the things that work the best, you know, Amazon works very well. Amazon's very good at sales. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and in-person events work well, but in-person events are very time consuming. So we have to be very careful about doing those.
0: Cool. I, I would I know um, from being on your website a few times uh, which is MightyCricket.com, for those of you out there who want to, to see I did see that you did a TED talk um, mm-hmm. so tell me about it um, how did that help with your marketing efforts how was that experience just in general what's what what kind of happened how did you have that opportunity
1: uh well I pitched the topic and uh, did an audition and was selected so that's how the opportunity came about was just throwing myself out there um i didn't notice a huge um uptick in sales from that but the experience itself was worth it it was one, yeah, of, one of my goals to give a talk like that and um really you know i got to work with speaking coaches to hone my talk. And I've never before spent that much time on one talk. So showing, proving to myself that I can give a really good talk <laughs> um, was worth it to me personally. And I just had, I had so much fun with it. I enjoyed being on stage and doing it. Um I, yeah, that was the first time that I've been able to have that type of experience.
0: Well, and hopefully, you know, that having that Ted talk out there, I mean, I don't, like watch for the latest ted talk and then go like oh that's the latest one i'm gonna go watch it you know you kind of get in those youtube areas where just suggest the next video and suggest the next video and and all of that and hopefully over time you know it will stay consistent that you're getting people to watch that and they might you know look up crickets in general or your business and and so hopefully it does it does that as well which i'm sure it's not hurting um, by any stretch of the imagination. So just super cool opportunity, so I wanted to mention that. If you could go back, so, so if you're looking back at what you've done over the last couple of years getting started, is there anything that you would do differently? And then my second part to that question is, what are the next steps for growing your business that you see?
1: Um, so, the one, thing I would do differently when I set out I knew I didn't want to go into retail right off the bat I only wanted to do direct to consumer and not be lured by the retail trap but as I was progressing like I was lured by the retail trap (laughs) so then I spent a bunch of money chasing retail and I mean it pales the money I spent in comparison to what Brands in retail spend. But for a startup, you know, that those efforts could have been better spent just doing my sticking to my original plan, which was direct to consumer. Got it. Um, so I wish that I had just stuck with that and not um, spent so much time and effort on retail. The retail, I am still like keeping fairly, like, I, I'm keeping it active. A little bit but it's not our sole focus um, sure so that I would have done differently and then um, probably to start with I would have focused just on the protein powders online so two SKUs online instead of we're up to six SKUs now um, instead of like spreading us out over six SKUs. I think the protein powders are really they have the best margin so starting with products that have the biggest margin that can be sold easily online is where i would have started now that we've already spent so much time and effort on the oatmeals um you know i don't want to kill those products i wanted to keep them alive but it definitely would have been smart to kind of hone in a little bit and not spread out too thin But I started with the oatmeal, so like the protein Uh, powers were an add on because I saw a need and a benefit from having a product with um, bigger margins that are um, more that people purchase more of online versus oatmeal.
0: And so now where where are you headed next in your journey? What's what's the next thing that you're going to have the opportunity to do over the next year to grow your business?
1: um well the missouri department of ag is um sponsoring us to attend natural product expo west which is a big retail expo <laughs> so you know my resolution to not focus on retail is somewhat like being broken by going but sure. i it's a great opportunity because the booth fee is like five thousand dollars and i only have to pay for my flight and um they're covering the biffy so i couldn't turn that one down for um sure. so that's coming up for us we're also branching into um some mushroom farming to to diversify our protein line so not only do we have the cricket protein which is um still like very niche we're also getting into mushroom which is very trendy now and very mainstream now um or at least commonplace it's not like this really oddball, wacky protein sure. source, and then um, we're we're active in the export market, always looking for ways to supply to Asian countries and um, Mexico and South America.
0: Got it. Oh, that's really cool. You have two different kind of opportunities here, and certainly you've got to take advantage of things just to go keep testing the waters. There will be a day when, as you're growing, where it will be in stores somewhere. It's just where do you put yeah. your initial <laughs> resources, right? So. All right, great. Um, Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining the the show today. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have uh, for today on Mind Your Own Marketing Business. Uh, To our guests, thank you for joining us. Uh, You can download episodes of our program by going to fjordigital.com slash mindyourownmarketingbusiness or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. You can find Sarah at mightycricket.com as well as on her Instagram at mightycricketprotein. Um, Thank you again so much for being with us today, Sarah.
1: Thank you so much for having me.